And if you have your Bibles with you this morning, be finding First Peter in the New Testament. First Peter chapter three. First Peter chapter three. And uh, we're between series, and I wanted to bring a couple of messages to you. Um, in First Peter chapter three, Peter gives us his view of loving life. Uh, Paul in First Corinthians fifteen says that death is an enemy; that Christ is going to overcome that enemy, but. There are important reasons that we should not only desire life, but love life and celebrate life and embrace life every day. That we should, as he puts it here, love life. Let's look at two verses. 1 Peter 3, verse 10 and 11. Whoever desires to love life and see good days. Let him keep his tongue from evil. That's the first thing, and his lips from speaking deceit. Verse 11, let him turn away from evil and do good. That's the second thing. And verse 11, let him seek peace and pursue it. Three, let hims, or let her, him or her, three encouragements, three things. This is the closest formula for happiness that you'll probably find in the Bible. And, and uh, he says, if you want to just love life, you wake up in the morning celebrating it, happy the sun is up, ready to go to see good days, uh, you, and you end the day with, man, this is a good day. He says, there's a way you can do it. Uh, before I point these out to you, though, let me just... Uh, let you know, I think this is vital, that Peter is writing to Christians. He says in 1 Peter 1, verse 1, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are the elect. And 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, uh, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He caused us to be born again. And then 1 Peter 1, 18, he says, uh, Knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways, inherited from your fathers, you were ransomed, verse 19, with the precious blood of Christ. So he's talking about people who are elect, people who are ransomed, people who are born again, and I think that's crucial because I don't really think that being able to love life and being away from God are compatible. To love life, the first thing is to be a Christian. But he's assuming that because he's writing to Christians. Now, he tells these Christians that there are three things you can do. And they, each one of these three is introduced by the word phrase, let him or her. You see that in verse 10 and 11? Whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil. Then verse 11, let him. 
turn away from evil. And then verse 11, let him seek peace. So these are the three things that Peter would say, if you really want to love life, here's the three things you need to do. Let me share a little bit from each one. The first one in verse 10 is, if you want to really love life, he says, then let him keep his tongue from evil and deceit. Um, Now, what is evil? Well, if you notice the context here, he says in verse 9, do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. In other words, if someone says something bad to you, that's evil against you, don't say anything evil back. Learn how to be quiet. If you want to love life, don't talk back to your wife. Amen. Can I get a witness? Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, No, but I mean, don't talk back to each other. If you want to love life, Don't give evil for evil. If they honk at you, you don't honk back. You just pull in front of them, cut them off. (laughs) That's not in the text. That's not there. And you need to know if it's not in the text, just wipe it out. But by evil, he means saying bad words against bad words. Let him keep his tongue from evil. Somebody says evil to you, verse 9, don't come back with more evil. De-escalate. That's what he's saying. De-escalate. Flesh just produces more flesh. Don't throw gas on the fire. So close it right there. Um, the other, another thing about the evil I think that he's talking about here is Numbers 13, verse 31, when they went into the land of Canaan, or they were about to go into the land of Canaan under Moses, and he sent out those spies. Do y'all remember that? And the spies went into the land of Canaan and came back, and they had these big clusters of grapes. They had to have a huge pole to carry these grapes on. So wonderful land with flowing with milk and honey. And uh, 12 of them went to spy it out. So they come back, and they tell everybody, it's a great land, it's good. But, this is the majority report, they said the problem is there are giants in the land. And also there's not only giants in the land, but the walls are huge. And we were like grasshoppers in our sight. And they will eat us up. That's what they said. Uh, Numbers 13. So they brought an evil report. See, that's your lips speaking evil. Uh... And they said, this land is a land that devours us or eats up its inhabitants. And the people are of great height. Now this is after they had all the fruit. So here, what else is an evil report? Well, an evil report can also be, or an evil speech can also be, the constant disparaging negative remarks that we make about our future and about the will and word of God. What God's called us to. What, our, what does our future hold? 
And, um, and, and Peter's saying, look, if you want to love life, stop talking negatively about what God can do in it because all oh, the walls are too big. It's a problem unsolvable. And everything is negative. That, according to Numbers 13, is evil speech. Joshua was different. He said, Numbers 14, 9, he says, Don't fear them. They are bread for us. See, these people said, we, They'll devour us. We're toast. We'll be, they'll eat us for breakfast. And Joshua said, No, they are bread for us. They're toast. Why? Because God is with us. One group was looking at how big the walls were, and Joshua was looking at how big God was. Who's going to eat who? That, your problems will end up being bread for you and nourishment in your life. That's what Joshua was saying. Now, evil speech is looking at problems and difficulties and, and the events on the news and being constantly despairing at what the direction that life is going and the world is going and the nation is going. Hey, folks, let me tell you, Jesus is Lord of all. He's on the throne today, and he will be on the throne a thousand years from now. Hallelujah. And we can rest in him, we can trust in him, and we can look to him, and he will work it out. But the Apostle Peter here calls us to shape our environment and the atmosphere in which we live by the words that we speak. He said, you want to love life? Stop talking negatively and stop speaking evil of everybody and everything. If you want to love life, your speech can create an atmosphere that kills your zest for life. It can kill your marriage. Amen. If all you do is criticize, it'll kill your marriage. It can hurt your children. My daddy used to come to me, and my daddy, I don't ever remember him saying one good thing. And God bless my daddy. I believe he's in heaven. I'll see him there, hopefully anyway. But you know what? He used to tell me, son, you'll never amount to anything. I'm glad I found a heavenly father who said good things about my future. Otherwise, that's the only pronouncements I would have had about my future. Be careful what you pronounce into the lives of your children. You tell him after that little, that little boy brings that D and F home, you say, son, now you're the smartest boy in that class. Now go and act like it. <laughs> you say, go in there and do what I know you're capable of. You're not that stupid. No, no, it's not wouldn't be, be good. You're, you're, you're smart. You go in there and make straight A's. I know you can do it. Amen. Proverbs 18.21 says the tongue has the power of life and death. See, we're made in the image of God, and when God wanted a world, He spoke it into existence, and being made in His image, He has imparted to us an ability and a power to make a world with a word. When we have a, a marriage ceremony as, an, as the officiant and representative of God, I pronounce you man and wife, and from that moment forward, every 
single dime that husband owns is now belongs to that woman. Amen? <laughs> and vice versa. And every bill he has now belongs to that woman too. Amen? <laughs> but I've heard people say something like this. Christians, they'll say, if I didn't have bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all. You ever heard that? It's not in the Bible. Christians don't believe in luck. We believe in God and in grace and in answered prayer and in intervention. And in, we believe in God's goodness and we believe in providence. And we believe all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. And somebody said this, well, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good for an old man. I'm, I don't want to say stuff like that. Like if you're, doing, if you're an old man, you're not supposed to be doing good. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that the gray hair is a crown of life. It's a, it's, a, it's a symbol, it's the flag that says, look, in this place is wisdom. That's what Proverbs says. And Isaiah chapter 40 says that even young people will faint and grow weary, but those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles, run and not grow weary. It's not saying when you're young that's so. He's saying the opposite. He's saying even young people faint and grow weary in life. They get bored and they get discouraged and they, their shoulders slump. But those who wait on the Lord, it doesn't matter what age you are, you... He says, you will mount up with wings as eagles. You will run and not grow weary. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 34, 7 says, Moses was 120 years old when he died. And his eye was undimmed and his natural vigor was unabated, undiminished. 120. Come on, guys, get your hopes up. <laughs> Amen. Some of y'all planning to die before you retire. Come on, let's live. Let's live. Let's cash in on that Social Security and drain it dry. <laughs> Here is a confession that you need to make. Deuteronomy thirty-three twenty-five. As your days, so shall your strength be. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine, thank you, because as my day is, so will my strength be. Yeah, but what are you going to do tomorrow? When? As that day is, so will my strength be. It's a confession of faith. That's what we're to line up our words with the Word of God. Just because you grow old doesn't mean you lose your memory. Amen. I was in a, a funeral some months ago. Some of you know Hugh Moore. Um, he's uh, almost 80 years old. And a uh, large funeral, and, and I was doing the, uh, speaking at the funeral, and they asked him to sing. He's got a wonderful voice, and... So he stood up, he, he went to, came to the, pool, to the podium to sing, and, uh, and he sang beautifully, 
and he sang this song. I don't even remember it. It wasn't something he'd sung that he sings all the time. But when he got done, I looked and I noticed that he didn't miss a beat. He didn't miss a note. He didn't miss a word. He had not a note in front of him. And I thought, hallelujah. And I got my my notes and I looked at all my notes that I had. (laughs) And I thought, hey, I'm 50 years younger than him and I got to have all these notes. Uh, Not really, 50. 40. But I, I think we just yield too much to age and time and not enough to God. Amen. Amen. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ as he pours his strength into me. You want to love life? Don't be speaking evil. Speaking things not correct. Here's what Isaiah said. Isaiah 59, 21. My spirit that is upon you and my words that I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth. And they shall not depart from the mouth of your children and your grandchildren from this time forth and forevermore. Isaiah 59, 21. Your God said, I put my words in your mouth. Don't let them depart. Keep them there. Teach them to your children and to your grandchildren from this time forth and forevermore. Let the words of God come out of your mouth. Jeremiah 29, I know the plans I have for you, plans for hope and a future. Hallelujah. Drill that into your kids. Something bad happens. Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. See, if we give the word, you know what happens? Psalm Psalm 119 says that they will, because I love your word, people will be glad when they see me come. Amen. Because they know the word. You're going to give them the word. They get all the words of men from news and conversations and coffee shops. Who's going to give them the word of God? So that's what we want to bring them. Somebody said, don't, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything. No, here's what the Bible would say. If you can't speak the words of God to the situation, don't say anything. That's what you want to bring to it. So shape your world with your words. Set the atmosphere alight with life. He says, if you want to love life, then keep your tongue from evil. Here's a second thing, and I'll hurry here, but in 1 Peter 3.11, let him turn away from evil and do good. So here's the second thing. If you want to love life, guard your speech, and second, do some good. Quit doing evil and just do some good. Acts 10.38, God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went about doing good. Just do something good, man. VBS, Vacation Bible School this week. These teachers, these workers, 
they don't get paid. But they're going to be working and teaching and helping. They've already been working. Our band members that come up here and, and play, these, the nursery workers, the, the people who clean every week, I don't even know who it is from week to week. But that's doing good. Somebody has to clean. Somebody has to do it. Uh, we had a funeral this week at the Bristol Road location. They said, we think there'll be 50 or 60 and, and we need, we're going to prepare a meal for them afterwards. There were over 200. And they all showed up to eat. <laughs> But we had workers, and somebody gave money, and so we, had, we went and bought chicken, and they had all these desserts, and we fed those people. And somebody prepared it, and somebody fed them, and somebody cleaned up afterwards. Praise God for the people who do good. And some of them were at church this morning, by the way. Somebody has to make the hospital visits. Somebody has to keep the children on Wednesday nights and work with the youth. Somebody has to do some good. And he says, if you want to love life, put some time in on some things that are eternal and invest in some people's lives that when a when hundred years are over and a thousand years are over, the effect on those lives are going to be eternal and the impact is forever. Amen. Genesis 12, 12 uh, 1 and 2 says, God told Abraham, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. So let him turn from evil and do good. Uh, then the third thing here is, in verse 11, that last phrase, let him seek peace and pursue it. If you want to love life and see good days, then guard your speech, do good, and pursue peace. Notice that peace here seems to be a fugitive. Peace is difficult to come by. Because of the hostile nature and the offendabilities of people, our fallen, broken emotions, peace does not pursue us. We have to chase it down. We have to be intentional and deliberate and go after it. Pursue peace. Be persistent in seeking peace. If you want to love life and see good days, go after peace. I had an experience when I was a pastor in Texas. Um, a uh, man there who was a wealthy giver to the church. His name was Otis. This is over 30 years ago, so it's uh, I'm sure he's now with the Lord or somewhere with someone. But uh, he did not like my preaching. I can't imagine that. Can y'all imagine that? Uh, and I don't think he liked me either. And he was a big giver to the church and everybody did what he said and I didn't really know all that and he came to my house, the parsonage and he said to me I want you gone 
Now, this is in Texas, and these guys are ranchers, and these are the guys who, wear, who carry their rifles on the back of their pickup trucks. And uh, he's, I said, uh, Otis, I, I feel like God led me here. And he said to me, I have a rifle that will take care of that. And, and, and I was thinking... Let me check my seminary manual on this, because I don't know of anything in seminary that's really supposed to help me here with a murder threat, okay? And he continued and got a petition to get rid of me. He went around and got petition, got everybody, as many as he could to sign it. And they brought it to me and said, look what they've done. I said, what is this? And he said, it's a petition to get you to leave here. I said, let me sign that. I signed that petition because, hey, I'm ready to go. Just threaten me with a gun. I'm out of there, being the great man of God that I was. And a dear deacon friend came and he said, Pastor, they took their petition to people. Let's take our petition to God. And we had a prayer meeting And I settled it in that prayer meeting. God wants me here. He led me here. He's not going to run me off just because somebody threatened me with a gun. That's not God. So I'm here. Praise God. And the church agreed with it and uh, overwhelmingly voted to retain me as their pastor. And I stayed for 10 years. But the thing that happened afterwards was I was out... Weatherford's known for its watermelons, and I was in town one day, and the Holy Spirit just nudged me and said, I want you to go get a big watermelon and take it to Otis. And I was thinking, you know, he threatened me in my own driveway. What would he do in his driveway? But the Holy Spirit said, take a big watermelon to Otis. And so I bought a watermelon, and I drove up there, knocked on the door with that big watermelon in my arms, And Otis came to the door. And I said, Otis, I feel like God wants me to give you this. And I handed him the watermelon. He didn't say a word. He just took it and closed the door. I thought we were done with Otis. But after a few weeks, he popped in one Sunday morning. And he came a few Sundays after that. He he died not long afterwards. But you know what? I think we had peace. I pursued it. God wants us to pursue peace. It's a bit of a slippery thing, this peace business. And if you're not intentional and deliberate, it'll get away from you. If you want to love life, here's what Peter said, and this is toward the end of his life. He said, I'll tell you what you do. You guard your speech, you do some good, and you chase after some peace when somebody's offended. Amen. Let me give you this verse, because one of the things he says here is, if you want to love life and see good days, if you want to see good days, this is Jeremiah 33, 6-9. Do we have this on the screen, Dave? Okay. I, I'm, I put this up here because I felt like 
this is for somebody here today. Okay? You can almost take this as a prophecy. So if this is for you, say, praise God. Because he wanted me, I think, to put this in. Here's what he says. Behold, I will bring to you health and healing. I will heal them and reveal abundance of prosperity and security. I will restore the fortunes of Judah and Israel and rebuild them. I will cleanse them from all their guilt. I will forgive their sin. And verse 9, And all the nations of the earth will hear of all the good I do for them, and people will fear and tremble because there's so much good I have done for them. What an amazing text. People are going to look at your life and all the goodness that God has done, and they're going to say, wow. And they fear and they tremble at the goodness done to you. Amen. And by the way, one final point. These promises are made to a people... 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7, who are in a great trial of faith. Difficult circumstances. And that in trial of faith, he says, now for a little while, 1 Peter 1, 6, though you have been grieved by various trials, your faith will come out like gold refined in the fire. So even in time of trial, you can love life and see some good days by guarding your speech, doing good, and pursuing peace. Amen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you this morning for the apostles' sweet and godly counsel to us today. May we believe him and you. May we embrace your future of goodness you've promised us. We thank you for it. May our speech line up with your promises and your words to us. May our lives count for you. And may, may we be pursuers of peace. In Jesus' name, I ask it. Amen. Amen.